Shalom Aleichem, everyone, and welcome to Yartzeit Yomi. Tess Cheshvan is the Yartzeit of Rosh Shimon Shkup Zatzal, Rosh Hashiva of Telj and later Grudna, and Mechaber the Sefer Shariyosha and other Svarman Shas. What an essential link in the chain of Torah transmission that Rosh Shimon was. He bridged worlds of yeshivas together, and his impact could be felt throughout the generations, spanning the continents, and both through his Svarim and his many Talminim. Just look at a partial list. Rabbi Chanan Vasiman, Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz, Rabbi Yisrael Zeb Gustman, Panavitcher Rabbi Yisrael Shlomo Kahneman, Rabbi Yehuda Unterman, the Slovakia Rabbi David Lifshitz, Rabbi Chatzkel Sarna, the Rabbi Yehuda Zev Segel, all learnt from Rabbi Shimon and imbibed his unique derech, both in Telj and in Grodna. And I'd like Bezos Hashem on his 82nd yard site to take a little tour. I invite everyone, please join me. We'll go on a little bit of a tour, take a, and we'll make a few stops. Uh, through the stations of this great Torah giant and maybe come to appreciate a little bit of the impact that he made. Rashim and Shkup first went as a boy of 12 years old to learn in the Ming Yeshiva, and at 15, he went to the great Balazhani Yeshiva where he studied for six years by the Nitziv. But there was a new addition to the faculty of Balazhani, Rav Chaim Brisker, who of course married the Nitziv's granddaughter, Rav Chaim Brisker was a younger man. We have to realize that Rav Shimon Shkup was only about seven years younger than Rav Chaim. So Rav Shimon was from the earliest Talmudim, certainly the earliest Talmud that we know about, who imbibed the Brisker Derech. And a few years later, um, the, uh, the Ritziv uh, married, uh, arranged that he should marry the niece of Rav Lazer Gordon in 1885, Rav Shimon Shkup was appointed to the Telz Yeshiva where he remained for 18 years. Now, in Telz, he developed a system of Talmudic study which combined the logical analysis and insights of Rav Chaim Brisker and the simplicity and clarity of the Nitziv. He was very close to both the Nitziv and Rav Chaim. And he developed a derech which became known as the Telz derech, the Telz way of learning. At the request of, so that was in Telz. And it's very interesting, the difference, what we commonly hear when people d- d- explain the difference between brisk and in Telz, in brisk they fregen was, und in Telz they fregen far was. We don't, in brisk they just ask what, and in Telz they won't understand why. So just to explain a little better, to a brisker, when you ask Lamasha, you ask a brisker, what is bilis? What does it mean, ownership? What's property? So the brisker explains the halachas of Kenyan, of Gzela, of Yerusha, etc. Because property, by Reb Chaim Brisker's world, property is defined by halacha, and there's nothing else. What do you mean, farvas? Who cares why? The, the, the halacha says it, that's all we need to know. And Roshimin gives a little bit of a different approach that before there was a halacha Moshe Misenai, there's a legal and moral concept of property. So halacha in the tel view doesn't so much replace our definition of ownership as much as give us a heightened understanding of a natural concept built into the human experience. That would be like in, 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 a, very, an under, in a very brief synopsis to describe the difference between the brisk and intelligent derech. But again, it was all based, b- built on the brisk derech that he imbibed from Chaim. And later, uh, Rav Chaim Meiser had requested that Rev. Shimishkop um, uh, replace Rev. Alter Shmulevitz as Rosh Hashiva in to succeed Rev. Alter Shmulevitz as Rosh Hashiva in, in Grodna, in Shara Torah. And there, Rev. Shimishkop raised the level of the institution, transformed it into one of the finest yeshivas in Poland and beyond. Hundreds of young men flocked there from near and far. And 
1928. So that was in that was in Grunna. We'll get back to Grunna in a moment. But in 1928, Rav Shimon traveled to the United States in order to raise much-needed funds for the yeshiva, and he delivered a lecture at Yeshiva Sabina Yitzchak Hanan, which became known as Yeshiva University. And thereafter, was requested by the president, Rabbi Revel, Rabbi Bernard Revel, invited him to serve as Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Sabina Yitzchak Hanan. Now, Rosh Shimon went to go. Uh, to collect funds, so people think, and he stayed for um, almost a year in YU and in, in, in riots and shit. it's as Rosh Hashiva. People think, oh yeah, because he couldn't tear himself away from teaching, learning, and teaching Torah. It seems kind of fiscally irresponsible to you went to fundraise and now you're teaching Rosh Hashiva. It's very simple the explanation. They gave an extremely handsome salary. It could be that's what that was the condition, but. The, what happened was that Rishimun was paid enough that he'd be able to provide the funds needed to support the yeshiva, and he would send back. His plan was to send back the 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 means. Just to, I'm not trying to make a grace of chiddush over here. Just to explain what happened. That why should he schlep around America and go fundraise? Here I'll I'll work as Rosh Hashiva and I'll get paid handsomely. And the the salary that he made was sent as Rosh Hashiva. Now he would have stayed there, but Rav Chaim Leizer and the Chavetz Chaim sent for him, and they said that the yeshiva in Grudna is falling apart without. The Shiva, we need you back. So in the fall of 1929, Rav returned to Europe and where he stayed in Grunda for the rest of his life until he passed away in 1939. There's a very famous story that's said over of the great Faher, of Shimon Shkup's Faher, of a young Bacher. There were two, there were really two levels of uh, yeshiva, there's a yeshiva ketana and a little, and, and, a, and a, a, a yeshiva gdola for older, uh, more advanced uh, Talmudim. But one Talmud arrived at the yeshiva after a very long travel. He wanted to learn as a, as, as still a very young, as a young, as a young child. He wanted to learn already in Grudna. And his parents sent him. He didn't have the means to travel. He, he hitched some rides. But Rashimon took one look at him and was able to tell that this Bachar had suffered the rigors of travel. And Rashimon invited him. He said, okay, I'm only asking you two questions on the Fahar. And the Bachar didn't know. Is this, is this good? <laughs> is this a good thing or a bad? How hard are these two questions? Okay, question number one. You have to answer honestly. When was the last time you had a warm meal? So the Bachar starts calculating. Let's see, was it three weeks ago, four weeks ago? So, okay, that was the first, that was the first Kasha. That was the first Shaila. And Rav Shimon served him a warm meal. And the Bachar ate heartily. His Bacher, the poor Bachar was starving and, 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 free, and cold and tired. And oh, when he finished, he said, okay, second, second, second Shaila. What was the last time you slept in a warm bed? <laughs> the Bachar, uh, he's a poor, he came from a poor family, a warm bed. So Shimon said, oh, Mazel Tov, you're accepting the yeshiva, and he prepared a bed for him. Later the Talmud find out that the bed was Rav Shimon's, was Rav Shimon's own bed. Ay, the great, tremendous impact of Rav Shimon Shkup on the Torah world for the almost hundred years since his passing. Hey, Baruch, Zuchus Yagan